Welcome to Realty Talk, the show that brings together the country's most authoritative and respected property experts. Follow us on all the socials and subscribe for updates and exclusive offers. Realty Talk is powered by realty.com.au, connecting buyers, sellers and agents differently. Greetings and welcome to Realty Talk, your go-to place for all things property. I'm Bushy Martin from Know How Property Finance and we've got another great show for you today. In the current market, many investors continue to get caught up in FOMO, chasing property rewards without considering the risks. So to add some balance to the equation, successful active investor turned buyer's agent, Rusty Vibhav from Get Rare Properties joins us to kick things off. If you want to optimise the financial performance of your rental property, reducing your vacancy rate is absolutely critical. But how do you do this? Well, leading property manager Lauren Robinson from Rental Results in Brisbane joins us to share her secrets. And in the current rapidly moving seller's market, property buyers that purchase properties subject to the sale of their existing home are being left out in the cold, and bank bridging finance is usually difficult, complex and time-consuming. Until now, that is, because emerging non-bank lender Techland is disrupting the bridging space with interest-free one-hour pre-approvals. Yes, you heard right, one-hour pre-approvals. And CEO Aaron Basson joins us to lift the lid on their game-changing innovation to close out the show. We've got more great property innovations to share, so let's get underway. Greetings and welcome. Now, in the current asset boom that we're experiencing in most investment classes at the moment, I get very concerned when I see a lot of investors getting caught up in the herd hysteria of the fear of missing out or FOMO to chase property rewards without considering the risks. So to add some balance to the reward versus the risk equation, we're joined by a successful active investor turned buyer's agent, Rusty Vibhav from Get Rare Properties, whose strong investment background has seen him devote an entire chapter of his new book, The Property Blueprint, to this very important subject. So welcome back to Realty Talk, Rusty. My pleasure, Matt. Thank you so much. Rusty, uh, I know that you're a very firm believer that risks are underrated in the property industry. So let's start with how you define risks. Sure. Uh, before I talk about my definition, I typically would love to share that what is a typical understanding of risk. And people talk about that it's, a, first of all, it's not really, it's a dirty word. Not many people want to talk about it. And B, for them, uh, they, they define it as a capital preservation as other risk of losing money. Now, that's a very traditional definition in the minds of people who don't really know about much about investing. But coming from a financial markets background, the way we like to define in the, as, in, as in the financial literature is more about risk of unknown, like as a volatility, like it can go up and down as well. So, and that actually is a very good point from the viewpoint that it can be of two types, a downside risk where we are losing money, but then there's also upside risk, which whereby it is delivering a lot more than what we had. So the reason I shared this two different definitions that a traditional and a more of a modern or a financial literature definition is that lots of people get too much worried about risk as well. And what they say, no, I don't want to invest money because I might lose money. Now, I do challenge them and ask them that that's perfectly fine. You keep money in your bank. Of course, you earn 
change over there or as, as the interest rates are super low. Uh, now, there are far more bigger risks around it as well. And the risk of not meeting your goals, not meeting your aspirations, being so dependent on your active income, like as in like a human capital. So, so the way I say is that definition of risk is that it's, it's a risk of unknown downside and upside risk. Yeah, beautifully and, said. Um, and just to add on to it, like risk and returns are two sides of the same coin. They have to be going together. And for any potential investor, they should be looking at the ratio as in uh, risk adjusted returns that what they're getting out of it. Because if it's a consistent five cents in a dollar, if it's consistent, might be meaningful to someone, especially when people are retired towards their retirement age, versus you know, uh, 10 cents in a dollar, which can be two cents in a, in a year, particular one. So someone who can take the volatility, that means there's a, there's a more shift in the expectation of the returns, will be considered more risky from that perspective as otherwise. Yeah, yeah, nicely said. It, it puts a, a very different slant on on risk itself in terms of the opportunity side of it. So, uh, sort of drilling down a bit, then, Rusty, what, what are the risks in the property context? Look, there, there are quite a fair bit of risk involved in property investing. But before I get into it, I would also say that there's a far bigger risk of not taking any risk. Because if I look at like one of the research says that fifty six percent of Australians will not have enough money even at the age of 65 to retire upon. Now, to me, that's a far bigger risk of not doing anything. So there's an opportunity cost. Yes, there's a downside risk that whatever you do today, you might lose, but there's an upside risk. As I said before, that as a, on a long-term average, property has been a wonderful asset class. Of course, we have to be mindful of the, specific, the risk specific to the properties as well. So. I'll touch base upon few um, on that, if, if, if that's okay. So first yes. of all, it's a, it's a market risk. A market risk, which basically saying that market might fall or the property value might go down. Um, but then to me, that's also an opportunity because not always, if you go by the law of averages, it has gone more up than down. Yeah. So long-term, it should be all right. Yeah. The other one is a property risk, like risk specific to the property. What if there is a storm? What if... Uh, you know, um, uh, the, the building collapses or the wall falls over. So, of course, there, there are ways to mitigate them. Maybe if it's okay, maybe I'll share how to mitigate them as well, because knowing the risk is not enough. We have to also know how we should be embracing them, how we should be mitigating them. Would that be okay, Boshe? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, for, for market risk, it's more about how we go about diversifying it. Because, because diversification, the great thing about property is in Australian market context is we have multiple markets within the market. So, and, and as, a, as a smart investor or a strategic investor, one can choose to buy properties in diversified locations because when it is not synchronous markets, what it means is that if one property is going up, second one is probably might be lower. So that might be on the downside, but on the better side of things, it's like when the, some properties are not doing so well, there will be other properties which will be holding their value very well. So diversification is the key thing. Also the research around like buying the properties in, in those areas, which are the supply and demand equation is tilting towards the growth, but the demand is more than the supply. Yeah. So, so that's how we can take care of the market risk. When it comes to the property risk, it's all about buying the sound properties, getting, making sure that a, a professional building and pest inspector is going out there, looking at the quality of the property, 
at the time of purchase, but even beyond that, it should be more about the how as an investor you are maintaining the property because sometimes it's easy to fix a small issue before it becomes a larger one. And of course, having a kind of a landlord insurance or building insurance as well, so that in case something goes, you know, like a storm comes, there's no, not much one can do, but insurance cover would actually help us. Third type of the risk I would talk about is the interest rate risk in the sense that, okay, what if the interest rate, especially when we are at the, such a low end of the market, it will go up. It has to go up because that is the, uh, I guess, the, one of the lever that RBA or you know, the government uh, professionals or officials can actually pull to, to sustain the market in the longer run. Yeah. But as an investor, we have to be mindful of it. We have to be conscious that what has been the average rate. And of course, banks, when they are lending money, they are conscious of that. But as an investor, we have to be mindful of our own buffers out there. So having healthy buffer for the properties that we have, um, maybe one of the tactics would be to fix the loan for some time. Uh, because that, then we know exact cash flow irrespective of what happens with the RBA cash rate. Other type of the risk that people are very worried about because I get to see or hear a lot is about the bad tenants and the vacancies. Because we are relying that the mortgage payment will be covered, almost covered by the rental payments that we receive. But what if there's a bad tenant? Or what if there's a vacancy in the property? Now, again, it comes down to the due diligence of buying in those areas where the demand is, is higher. That means there will be always a demand for the tenants to live in the property. Now, what we also have seen that they might, it might not be the case and sometimes the case of not really having the right property manager. So I've always believed that property investing is a business and property manager as well as the tenant are stakeholders of your business. Yep. If we treat our tenants nicely, if there's a reasonable request from the tenant, always, always listen with an open open mind that it might be worthwhile. Also not really overly charging them or you know going for a meager rates because then sometimes for the sake of getting a quick tenant, we are probably compromising on the quality of the tenant. So having a quality property manager, again, that's something that really people think about the pricing only, the fees, whether 6% plus GST or 8% plus GST, they're worth the salt when it comes to the quality they can offer. So having that kind of assessment of the of, of the tenant and the presenting the property will make sure, and also the pricing of the property, like let's not be greedy. It's, it's more about getting the right tenant and have a longevity of the tenant in the property that will help. So another thing that I talk about is overcapitalization. And what it means is that we should take investment as an investment only, not really taking as an emotional aspect, not really paying over too much for the property when it's not deserving that money, or even when it comes to renovation. So the idea is that we should follow a strict budget when it comes to any A, a purchase, or B, as a renovation. Something that I also talk about is cash flow and liquidity, uh, which is more around, okay, what's, what's really happening? Because most of the time, like when we are working on building our portfolio, we always feel that, okay, we should, you know, someone who gets, uh, I guess, the bug of buying multiple properties very quickly, uh, we have to be very mindful of that what might happen later on, because are we actually biting more than what we can chew or, or it is just realistic and we are taking the right amount of opportunity at the same time, keeping the buffers with us. So not really overdoing it is, is also one of the aspects that we look at. 
And maybe if I can touch upon a different type of risk, which is a personal risk. Now, what it means is that, yes, we are building a property portfolio, but we as a property owner are a significant part of this business of investing. We have to really make sure that we as individuals are covered from our, with, with, with the right insurance cover. So when I'm saying, so what I really mean is that in the life cover, trauma, TPD, even income protection, that has to be there. And that's how we say that, okay, these are the risks. If you know them, then they are not really unknowns anymore. We can go and tackle one at a time, look at how we can avoid them or mitigate them. And sometimes like a market risk, we should embrace them. Yeah. Yeah, very well said. So just to, to conclude then, because you've, you've covered a lot of uh, territory uh, already there, Rusty, uh, should, should we avoid all of the risks then in the context of what you've talked about? Not really. It really depends on what type of risk we are taking about. Because if we avoid all of them, we are probably parking our money under our mattress. It's not really going to get us anywhere, right? It's, it's more about being open-minded to and, and being educated on what those risks are. Yeah, the risk, yeah. yeah, the risk is unknown, but when we know it, it's no, no longer a risk. So yes, we should avoid all the risks because it, it means that it's all unknown. But when we know them, but then there are a few things, you know, the nature, the force of nature, we can't really avoid. That's what we have to cover ourselves with the right insurance in place. Yeah, yeah, extremely well said. So I, I know you, you've actually uh, written an ebook specifically around risk. Uh, how can uh, listeners uh, get, a, get a copy of that? Sure. So, um, so the background of that was that uh, I was looking for the risk in, in property investing. I couldn't really find much of material there. So I was then preparing a book, writing a book. So there's it's a specific chapter on the risk, but I didn't want to do hold back and actually release an ebook on that. So it's very much available on uh, my website, which is www.getrare.com.au slash resources. That's where you can see all the resources and one of them is over there. Brilliant. Excellent, mate. Well, look, uh, thanks for these very timely reminders, Rusty. And, and thanks again for joining us on the show today. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Well, the takeaways here are very clear. Without risk, there is no reward. And as the great athlete Jerry Rice once said, today you need to do what others won't, so tomorrow you can do what others can't. Because only those who risk going too far can possibly find out how far it's possible to go. So if you want to manage your investment risks to gain greater property rewards, start by grabbing yourself a copy of Rusty's great book, the property blueprint at www.getrare.com.au. You're watching Realty Talk, your trusted voice for all things property. Successful property investment is a game of finance. Do you have the right team and the right game plan? Realty Talk is brought to you by Know How Property. More than mortgage brokers, Bushy Martin and his team of investment architects set you up with a sustainable strategy structured to lower your costs, tax, risk and stress while increasing your capacity for growth. KnowHow has helped over 1,900 homeowners and investors secure more than $800 million in property wealth. So get set to live more, work less, and live your legacy. Want to know how to invest in your freedom? Visit knowhowproperty.com.au. Greetings and welcome. 
Now, although vacancy rates remain tight across the country, with the national average currently running at about 2.6%, according to the most recent SQM figures, what many landlords fail to realise is that having your rental vacant property vacant for just one week between tenancies equates to a vacancy rate of just under 1.9%, while a two-week period from buying a property to getting a tenant in is a 3.8% vacancy rate. Now, alongside this, if you're getting, say, $500 a week in rent, then a one-week vacancy drops your effective rent down to just $490 a week, and two weeks vacant drops the gross rent down to just $480 a week, a 4% drop in your effective rent. So it's clear that if you want to optimise the financial, financial performance of your rental property, reducing your vacancy rate is absolutely critical. But how do you do this? Well, to discuss this, we're joined by leading property manager, Lauren Robinson from Rental Results in Brisbane. Welcome back to the show, Lauren. Thanks very much, Bushy. Now, Lauren, uh, can you start off by summarising the sort of range of options that landlords have to minimise vacancy rates? Mm. I think, I mean, essentially, it's really important to not only understand what the vacancy rate for your the suburb that your property is in, but also understand what the property is competing with. So knowing the market, understanding what comparable properties are currently available and how that compares to yours, because essentially tenants are looking for value for money. So there's no point sort of holding on to a price um, just because that's sort of what you believe the property should be able to achieve if the market is telling you otherwise. So when it comes to knowing the vacancy rates, I think it's also really important to have a property manager who can guide you on what the specific vacancy rates at the time are. And when it comes to whether it's time to reduce the rent, add an incentive, look at also how the property is um, presenting online. Why is the property not moving? So um, and I, essentially, it always comes down to three things, that price, presentation, promotion, the three Ps, um, I always come back to. So... Love it. That's a great way to summarise it, actually. So uh, sort of in parallel with that, how important is it then to set market appropriate rents? Uh, it's integral to having a, a really successful investment property. So I think that's really the key is making sure that you you do set the rent right at the beginning. And I think it's really important. There's going to be peaks in the rental market in any in any area. Um, but it's also knowing, is there a demand at the time for that particular product or that particular property? But also, um, you know, you might try on the higher side for a rent for, you know, a few days or possibly even a week. But I think it's knowing, okay, we haven't achieved this. We need to take action now because it's more important to get someone in. As you were saying, it's, it's that annual return as opposed to just holding out and waiting for that tenant to turn up and pay $500 a week. Yeah, spot on. Well, it, it certainly it is pretty tight. And it does vary around the country, obviously, but the uh, the rental pressure is quite tight at the moment. And there's a there's a bit of a temptation almost for landlords to want to up the rent, given some of the pain that some of them have been through with COVID over the last twelve months. Yes. So, how should rent rises be managed? in a tight market do you think yeah I think it's that it's that fine line between you know having a, t a good tenant in the property because I think to me a good tenant is really like gold you want to be able to keep a good tenant in your investment property especially if you know them they've got a good track record of paying on time looking after your investment property so it's it's balance it's a balancing act between knowing okay the market rent is this but because I've got a great tenant I'm going to keep the the rents you know slightly below market rent so it might be ten dollars less and I think it's also about making sure that you can um, 
you can provide that evidence to the tenant to say, this is where the property's sitting in the market at the moment. We really do value your tenancy. We want you to stay on. And that's why the owner is going to be increasing the rent. But to this point, as opposed to if you were to move out, then the rent would be sitting at this higher rate. Um, and I think that's really just explaining it, having those conversations with the tenants. I think, you know, often if a tenant jumps online and starts looking around to see what else is available at the time, you know, they'll clearly see pretty quickly, okay, well, this is where the, the rent's at. Yeah, that's that's a, a great suggestion. So sort of as a roll-on from that and expanding on that, what, what advice would you give uh, in relation to retaining existing tenants? Yeah, I think when it comes to having a good relationship with the tenants, it's, it starts from the very beginning so of the tenancy. So you want to make sure that that tenant feels like they're being heard and, and that they can communicate any maintenance, things are actioned quickly um, and that they're, they're um, responded to in a timely manner at all points during the tenancy. Um, having good tenants is really invaluable. And also making sure that, you know, at, at different points along the way, you're asking them, are there different other things that would make the property more comfortable for you to live in? So, and then they might be things that as an investor that you could, you know, perhaps put into the property to, in order to keep that tenant for a longer period or, you know, strengthen that relationship. It depends on obviously what it is. So um, not if it's going to add value to the investment in the long term, but often if the people living there are saying, you know, a security door might be, an additional benefit, you know, for the price of $400 a week, um, you know, as or sorry, $400 as opposed to having a week's vacancy, you know, it's time to sort of weigh up those things um, and make sure that, you know, ideally you're keeping tenants for the long term. Yeah, I love that. And I, I guess is the, the dual benefit there, depending on what uh, you might put into the property, uh, some some new items that might be of a great benefit to the tenant and therefore the tenant may be prepared to pay a slight premium on the rent for it. They also have some depreciation benefits that can also ultimately reduce the ongoing holding costs of the property. So yeah. we're, there's a couple of joint opportunities there. Now look, uh, some really good insights there, Lauren, and uh, really appreciate you coming on the show today to share that with us. Thank you, Bushy. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Lauren. Well, the message there is pretty clear. Minimising vacancy rates can have a massive impact on the financial performance and the cash flow of your investment property. So make sure you're engaging a proactive, independent property management professional, professional like the rental results team to look after your property. Stay with us for more here on Realty Talk. Property deductions can save you thousands of dollars each year. To make sure you maximise deductions, you need to work with the most experienced quantity surveyor in the country. BMT Tax Depreciation is the leading specialist in the industry. They've completed over 700,000 tax deduction schedules for residential investment and commercial properties Australia-wide. BMT guarantee to find double your fee in the first full financial year deductions. Call BMT on 1300 728 726 today for an obligation-free quote. Hi and welcome. Now, in the current rapidly moving sellers market, property buyers that purchase property subject to the sale of their existing home are being left out in the cold as cash buyers or others without this complication are often gazumping them. So how can you overcome this? Well, traditionally, some of the banks offer bridging finance that are short-term loans that enable you to purchase a new home while you're selling your existing home. The bridging finance is usually a difficult, complex, and quite time-consuming process. Until now, that is, because emerging non-bank lender tech lend is disrupting the bridging space. So to lift the lid on this, we're joined by the Chief Exec of Tech Lend, Aaron Basson, 
to do a two-part special feature on this groundbreaking innovation. So welcome to Realty Talk, Aaron. Thank you for having me, Bushy. Now, it's uh, quite an exciting innovation that you've introduced into the, the lending market, Aaron. So to kick things off, uh, can you give us a quick rundown on your personal background and how you ended up in the property space? Yeah, sure. So I've uh, been around the tracks for some time in the property and finance space. Uh, I've had a, you know, a passion for property from an early age, coming to uh, being born as a first generation in Australia and watching my parents succeed in their property journey has really left me with a lot of passion uh, and drive to go into my own property journey. And I uh, always found it quite fascinating how difficult the barriers of entry are continuously as um, the property market keeps moving away from us. And really, that's what has driven me towards uh, starting Techland. So Techland is a bridging finance provider. We enable our customers to buy a property before they've realized the liquidity and the cash from the sale of their existing asset. It's very hard to manage two mortgages at the same time, which you know is an option for some customers if your income levels allow you to cover two mortgages. But otherwise, uh, there's a lot of borrowers and homeowners and Australians who are excluded and are forced into positions that are not necessarily the best option for them. Yeah, okay. Well, let's dig into that a little bit then uh, in terms of the the, the TechLend solution. Uh, how exactly does it work? So a customer or a broker will come to us uh, and they'll identify a property that they want to buy and we'll enable that purchase for them. We use the equity in the existing home plus the equity in the new home to help facilitate that bridging loan. We use a lot of data, streamlined processes to be able to offer our customers uh real-time outcomes, same-day approvals, sometimes for downsizes, we're actually able to provide approvals within an hour uh, because for those customers, the assessment process is a lot easier. We're taking an asset view on, on the bridge rather than an income and serviceability perspective. Um, and so we're able to purchase the property for our customer. And then when they're ready to sell, they sell the property and pay back that loan. Uh, yeah. it's, it's a very simple, clear solution, puts a lot of control into the hands of, uh, of, of the borrower. Yeah, I love it. I love the simplicity of it and the, and the focus on the security rather than the, the income side, which the, the banks often trip themselves up over. So right. sort of summing up then, what, what are the key benefits to buyers if they choose Techland over a bank for their bridging lines, Aaron? Yeah, so it's customer service is is one of the most important factors. All of our staff are here in Australia. It takes one minute for us to pick up, or 10 seconds to pick up the phone rather than being on hold for hours. Um, but it's it's the solution is tailored towards bridging. So we know exactly what our customers need and we're able to tailor that solution for them. Uh, the process is very quick compared to a traditional lender. You know, uh, we, we saw headlines about bank SLAs you know, extending to 21 days. I mean, that's a terrible experience when you want to go and buy your dream home to wait before an application is even picked up for 21 days. Wow, that's to be, to me, that's outrageous. You know, in the 21st century to be, be experiencing that as a consumer is just uh, unfair. And further, you know, the, the, the traditional banks, uh, they don't, they've really, they've started to pull away from bridging. The criteria to actually be eligible for a bridging loan is very selective. You have to be an existing customer. You have to have, you have to be upsizing because if you're downsizing, you're left with no mortgage, they're not going to 
help you. So, you know, yeah. my grandparents can't get a bridging loan because when they want to downsize, uh, there's no one there to help them except Techland. Um, and it's, it's, it's our touch points and the, you know, the human um, interaction with our customers that really sets out us apart with our, our customer service. Yeah, I love it. So a very refreshing, exciting uh, uh, disruptor to the whole space uh, in that regard. So I'd really want to thank you for coming on the show today to uh, open our eyes to this innovation, Aaron, and, and thanks again for your time on the show today. Thank you very much, Prishi. Thanks, Aaron. Well, there you have it. If you're a home buyer needing to buy your new home before selling your existing property, reach out to the team at techland.com.au to secure an interest-free paperless bridging loan with pre-approval confirmed potentially within an hour. Stay with us for more here on Realty Talk. Well, that's a wrap for this week's show. A big thanks to our special guests, Rusty Vibehav, Lauren Robinson and Aaron Basson. And to make sure you don't miss an episode of Australia's longest running and most popular online property show, subscribe to Realty Talk now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen. And make sure you sign up on the realty.com.au homepage to get every episode in your inbox every week. And while you're there, make sure you check out one of Australia's most extensive range of properties for sale from over 7,000 agents nationally. Thanks again to realty.com.au and BMT Tax Depreciation for their ongoing support. I'm Bushy Martin from Know How Property Finance, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Miss something in this week's show or want to catch up on past shows? Do it anytime at realty.com.au where we connect buyers, sellers and agents differently. 